So, guys, uh, Spider-Verse is coming out in two weeks. And, uh, you know, all the hype is spreading. And, you know, besides the hype, also the uh, the marketing campaign and the uh, publicity campaign has started. Uh, you know what I want from the Spider-Verse campaign, though? I don't, okay. I don't want a Miles Morales pop. I don't want a uh, a Gwen action figure. God knows, God, God knows, Ruben doesn't need another pop or action yeah, hell figure. No. <laughs> I don't need a Spider Man ninety nine T shirt. No, no, no. I want the Red Whopper from Burger King. The angriest Whopper. Where the you know like I want the freaking bun they dyed red and put sesame seeds on. Is it actually called the angriest Whopper, Jacob? Or are you just effing with me? Is that like I'm pretty sure it's called that. I can't Good. believe they I can't believe they made pretty patties a real thing. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that SpongeBob episode like where he yeah. dyes the Krabby Patties a color and then everyone gets sick at the end. Yeah, everyone, yeah. No, no, they don't get sick, they get turned different colors. So I mean, oh, no, never mind, different. never mind. For for <laughs> I thought of a joke, but you know what? Not worth oh. it. Not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. Not worth it. Not worth it. You know they, they dyed the sesame seeds black, right? Oh like, my so god. So it didn't not so like they didn't just dye the bun red. Like, dude, your shit is gonna be coming out like green. Like, there's no question about it. You are not gonna have a good time. Like, no, no, no. Do you remember that? I mean, I mentioned this off air, but do you remember that classic SpongeBob joke where Mr. Krabs has the nasty patty in his hand, and then they cut to the ambulance, and he's like, "Oh, look, an ambulance!" And then he takes a bite. Yeah, that's probably exactly yeah, that, what's gonna happen. Exactly to people. What's gonna happen. <laughs> How many times do you think that shit's gonna come out actually red? Because most of the time, I bet you they burn it. They burn it and it's like a reddish brown and it, and it, and it looks oh, like us. God. <laughs> Did they die the burger at all? No, they didn't die the burger. Oh, thank God. I don't think you can die a burger successfully yeah. unless you make it out of different material. Like you got to make it out of print something. The burger. 3D printed burger. <laughs> <laughs> they should have 3D printed the burger, you know, made no. with love. No, no, no. I'll tell you what they should have done. They should not have made the burger to begin with, Ruben. It's a stupid idea. Like, well, what type of money? Like, who's gonna? What, what butts is that gonna put? Okay, look, look, look. Financially speaking, financially speaking, what is the cost reward of that? How many people who have not seen the first Spider Verse movie, who haven't seen any of the trailers, are gonna see that burger and be like, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go watch Spider Verse." No, it's the inverse, isn't it? It's Burger King hoping to get some traffic. Yes, that's a hundred percent. No, 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 Burger King. Yep, Why you would you it. eat? Like, I don't do. I I am honest to God, and this is my conspiracy theory. All right, all right. I will be proven right in, in ten years' time. That is a money laundering front. All right. Who Burger out here King is eating Burger King? Nobody's eating Burger King. There's a lot of people eating Burger King. Actually. There is no one eating Burger. I've. What's the last time you saw like a Burger King fried container in a trash can or even litter on the floor? It's been a while. Yeah. They got there's, usually, there's usually no line when you drive past the Burger King heater. Like, there's no one waiting. Like, oh, if you drive up, the drive-thru is empty. Freaky fast service. Like, if you go out... freaking company! <laughs> no, no, because no, if you go around noon, like, we have a bunch of fast food restaurants. The McDonald's is full. The Chick-fil-A is full. The Panda the, Express next the to the Burger King is full. The effing Panda Express hey, and bro, the Subway next to the Chick-fil-A. High efficiency, bro. Supply is meeting demand. All right. 
What okay. demand? What's the demand? This is the longest cold open ever, by the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture with Essential Cubes. I'm Ruben Kiros. I'm one third of Cubes, and I'm being joined by Jacob Kiros, another third of Cubes. And the chat GBT AI equivalent of JQ, the last third of Cubes. Mole. He could not be here today, so I am here to replace him. Jonathan, stop talking like a robot. Hamburger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord. One day this, this podcast will be completely run by AI, and that's what it will actually be good. Because I won't have to Damn. work with these unprofessional, unfunny pieces. Of, look, same gene pool. You're, you're same, unpro- same gene pool. You're unprofessional. You're unprofessional. Your gene, jokes no, no, are unprofessional. No, no, listen. Same gene pool. Same gene pool. We are not the same people. Bro. Wow. We are not. Wow. I'm glad. The, tal- the talent oh, level. Shut up. The talent levels are like different. You. <laughs> Good lord, Jake. You sound like my children. I don't have kids. I don't have kids as far as I know. Hey, I'm I hope hey. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope no one comes back. It's like JQ, this is your kid. That'd be really funny. I didn't tell you about him. JQ, you are the father. No, no. Well, uh, we have several several topics uh first off uh the writer strike has officially happened since the last time we were on the air um we're in week three of the white writer strike so we yeah, have been is, off the air for a while which is but... why today's episode is so bad so far it's because our yeah. writer uh jaime has uh has called in has called has called out actually he said he wouldn't be writing material for us anymore so sad. we pay him more writing than... that makes well, your yeah. stuff worse well, yeah, I know. He, he wants more than two pennies an hour. Like, can you believe oh, that? Good God. God. You think you'd be thankful that I haven't, that I haven't like flooded the well. Wage. Two pennies? That's a living wage. <laughs> if he were, if he, if he was wise enough, he'd be able to invest those two pennies and end up with millions of dollars in cryptocurrency. Exactly. But he hasn't taken my online, my online, online course. Wisdom. Yeah, he has not taken my online course. Which also costs two pennies. Okay, so <laughs> right, yeah, there we go. So the writer strike is happening. Um, stuff that was going to film is not filming right now. TV shows have stopped being written, so that's going to delay everything there. But the worst part, movies, I think, and some TV shows are still filming, but they can't do any rewrites, as we mentioned last time on the pod. So just a couple things that are filming right now to be aware of, uh, potentially to have the Revenge of the Fallen effect, the the Heroes Season 2 effect, uh, what, what the X-Men Origins Wolverine effect. Dude, Heroes Season 2, Heroes Season 1 wasn't good. Like, what is- no, people like, no, people liked Heroes Season 1. Like, everyone, what? Everyone says the writer's strike ruined that show. I haven't Ruined. watched that show, but I don't Damn. know. Anyway. Uh, House of the Dragon still filming. Can't Why? change their scripts at all. Why the hell? Uh, Captain America: New World Order, the new Cap movie that's supposed to come out next May, filming. Uh, Deadpool three about to start filming for God knows what reason. I don't even know. They can't even. I think Ryan Reynolds apparently can't improvise himself on the set because he was a writer on the movie, and that would be considered a rewrite. And he's doing it for solidarity. That movie could be a goddamn mess. Uh, Why don't they stop production? I don't know. I didn't stop production, man. 
I don't know. Uh, DC isn't filming anything right now. Uh, guess this James Gunn can't like revise his Superman script anymore. Uh, so there is that. Uh, let's see. Agatha's filming that show for Marvel. I mean, to be fair, writer striker, no, that's going to be garbage. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All the rewrites in the world could not save that thing. Uh, GQ. The second Mortal Kombat's about to start filming as well. No. Jacob, bad. look, nobody plays those games or watches those movies for the story. It's about the fights, the choreography. That's true. But if, yeah. if, if Revenge of the Fallen is any uh any indication, we're probably just gonna have people throwing punches in a desert towards an enemy that we cannot see. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're talking that this could last three months, so as long as the one in 08, even longer potentially. Uh, I guess the rumor, and this isn't confirmed, I want to 100% say that the rumor is Netflix is the one who doesn't want to play as much ball because they would have to change their business model completely just because of how they're structured right now. Yeah, just because of how uh, anti-creative they are, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah the the fact that the writers want like actual residuals because I know you joke, but some of them actually get sense as residuals for these streaming shows. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, like, that that that's actually a thing. What do you mean joke? I thought oh, you were Hi joking. Oh, yeah. about Hi man? That's yeah. a real guy. Who you think writes my material? <laughs> that's a real about dude. Hyman. He lives in my closet. <laughs> do okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit something. I do you feed him? Something. Jaime is just a ratatouille that I put under uh, under my hat while I'm filming. Right? Ratatouille. He's a ratatouille. He's a ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> I'm let you. Jonathan. <laughs> God damn. You see, you see, you want my, you want to know why you're complaining about my material? Because Jaime will not come out of the closet. It's like, wait, pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, continue, Ruben. Jonathan, thoughts on the writer strike happening? Any, oh, any, of course. Uh, we asked the writer series, in the series. room. Yeah. 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 yeah obviously. Well, you see, this is Ruben's strategy. He's asking me my opinion because he knows I'm going to get serious about it because I am a writer. Yeah. Obviously, like, Dude, like, I don't know, like, the, the position of a writer is a very important thing in entertainment, you know? It is a, it, it like, like television, it is a visual medium, and there are a lot of things that work with, like, light story, but story is a driving force in a lot of the, a lot of the shit that we watch, and basically everything that we watch, all right? So to have, to, 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 to have this level of disrespect for your creatives is just appalling to me. You know, we've talked about VFX artists before and how they're underpaid. And, you know, it's the same with writers. These are two groups of creatives that are put under tight deadlines and constraints that very much affect their, their output. And then they can get affected because of the decisions that corporate makes. Because if they're rushed to make a product, then, like, the likelihood that they're going to get hired again gets lower and lower, you know? And now they're refusing to pay, and they're refusing to pay them what they're due. Like, what would any of this industry be without writers, without the effects artists, without, like, all these little parts? People want to act like this is just all about the people on top and the CEOs and the actors and whatnot. But all of those people would be dead in the water if not for these 
these these people under them. You know, they mm. they, they 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 don't do anything basically. These CEOs, these David Zaslavs and Bob Igers, they do a limited amount of shit, make millions of dollars, and then like refuse yeah, just to like. Be. Yeah, put a B there. It's it's billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they make millions of ballers, and then. <laughs> And then, and then they're like, oh, we have to pay people like for, for the shit that they do? No. And it, it's unfair, honestly. And as someone who really wants to get into like, it, it, possibly into like screenplayers or like that form of writing, like this is something that concerns me as much as like, that concerns me as well, you know, especially since and- I'm unemployed. <laughs> They're calling it a battle to make writing a profession rather than like a gig because that's what the studios want. Like they want people to come in, write a script, and leave for yeah, pennies on the dollar. That's that's the thing. Like, rather than being a career, there are people who who you know who are talented in a certain field, you know, and that's like the one thing they're passionate about, the one thing they can't do, and they should be able to, to to make a living off of that. You know, they should be able to survive off of that. They should be able to. To, they should be able to just fully throw themselves into this art form rather than to like have to do other things to support themselves and then like it affects their quality of writing you know same goes again for like musicians for vfx all these people who assist in this creative process should be able to live off of assisting in the creative process rather than having to like jump from one big fish to another hoping that they can make enough money to like maybe buy a Big Mac tomorrow. You know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, Jacob, your thoughts on uh, the strike now being official and all the effects and stuff and, you know, what it means for the writers to go into this fight, I guess. Yeah, well, don't they hit the nail on the head, obviously. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, they need to get paid their living wages exactly. That's the, the main thing, right? Like, they're working twice as much as like the actors and all that and everyone else involved but they're getting like minimum pay just so like the movie industry has more money for something else you know what i mean it's not even the movie industry it's like the the higher yeah no it's like movies and tv but yeah yeah it's like the companies yeah the companies yeah but um yeah that's essentially the thing i think it's very important for them to like go on this strike um even though it's gonna harm the movies that are coming out now but it's uh definitely beneficial for for them in the future so yeah yeah also uh to also preface uh so the sag and the dga are also in negotiation with the producers group right now so potentially there could be a three-way strike if things uh really go nuts and that would be a first well, what what else could happen? The Screen Actors Guild. And also, the, the actors and the producers could all. No, 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 no. Directors. The directors. Directors. Directors going on strike would mean no <laughs> post production would happen on anything that's already filmed, too. So that would mean content would literally stop coming out. Uh, the DGA had a strike back in the mid 1900s. I want to know. Holy late, shit. Yeah. yeah, it lasted three hours because the uh, producers literally could not. Like, obviously, at that point, I mean, like, nothing yeah. would get done. And then the actors last striked in, like, the 70s or the 80s. Um, I imagine the producers are going to give the actors what they want, I imagine. 
because they value the actors more than the uh, directors. Sorry, not the directors, the writers. Unfortunately, that's how it is. Uh, I feel that's going to happen. But if it doesn't, uh, if the actors strike, uh, they would not even be able to promote any of the stuff they have in the camp because that's part of their contracts and stuff. So no interviews and stuff. They just, I don't know who would the studio would David Zaslav be going out and start produ- uh like talking about a a Barbie? Would he do be doing like the the, the Dude, marketing okay, but come on, nobody likes that guy. Yeah, that's another thing we should really mention. <coughs> and the Boston University, Boston University, like they had their commencement. Obviously, yeah. you have like guest speakers and whatnot. Their guest speaker was effing David Zaslav. No, no, and no, no. Meant- he's doctor. He's doctor Zaslav. Seriously, everyone booed. Every one of the students booed, and then, like midway through his speech, they started chanting "Pay your riders." They're like, "Pay your riders." I don't know what, I would, have... I don't know what I would have done if I went to like like my undergraduate for four years, and I had David Zaslav as my commencement speaker after those four <laughs> years of work. Like, Dude, I would have rushed the stage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had Kyle Corver for mine. That was cool. Basketball I don't. I don't, I don't think we had anyone. Spe- we didn't have anyone special. Oh no, no. We because we have guest speakers. Vanderbilt does it very strangely. We have like the guest speakers do like a, 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 like they do their speech in an in event separate from commencement. So we had the we had the um the 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 uh one of the co-founders of LinkedIn come in. Oh, uh, cool. Which I don't want to talk. Crap on LinkedIn because I'm currently on there, but screw yeah, LinkedIn. So am I. <laughs> so, am I, so shut the frick up. Uh, let, let me just say, uh, he gave out like these books uh, to everyone. And when I tell you that I have never seen uh, a piece of literature disposed of so vehemently by a group of people. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you talking like you walked past trash cans and there were piles of books? No, but you would like walk past like you would like walk past tables and they'd be like five or six of them just abandoned there. And then hey, like what the hell roommate, did that guy think? one of my roommates put it on top of our fridge. Another one used it as like a paperweight. Like it was <laughs> I can tell you right now, I have that book somewhere. I don't know where it is. I have no intentions of ever reading it. <laughs> what is it? Was it his like biography? Was it like his business tips? Like what type I of think it was, was it? I think it was like a it was like a, a tips to success. It was like an art art, it was like oh. a, a spiritual successor to art of the deal. Yeah. Anyway, but like back to the Zazlab thing. Yeah, he absolutely deserved to get booed. And oh I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I don't I don't know how these like these like like I, I never want to arrogance take, yeah I arrogance. Was gonna say, no I was gonna say but I never want to take the position of these guys or take these guys side but I have no idea how they're so calm when they're getting lambasted like that. how do you think doing a commencement speech during the biggest writer strike in 15 years well the only writer strike in 15 who years who wrote that speech for him <laughs> oh god oh, oh, oh he man. wrote it himself Hopefully. That would have been my question. David Zaslav been... speaking from the heart. Oh, don't make me laugh, Jacob. <laughs> what heart? What heart? Oh, Dude, I man, would love it if one of That's the evil of... version of the Tin Men. Yeah. No way, no. Yeah, the yeah, Tin, tin Men. Man. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I really wish one of the students would have screamed, who wrote that speech for you? And that would have been the one that tipped him off. Like, he just started flipping the podium. And that would have that would have pissed him off for sure. Yeah, he would have been like, he would have just been like. <laughs> no, no, no. no. 
when I said arrogance, I'm like, how arrogant do you have to be to go do that speech during the writer's strike? Like, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, like, why not tell Boston University, hey, probably not a good idea this year, next year, think, when there is no strike? Probably. I, well, here's the thing. Yeah. These guys are so separated from reality. I bet you they were just thinking, oh, they're just like a bunch of undergrads. Like, what do they care about this kind of shit? he stepped out and he's like oh they care immensely the <laughs> <laughs> face he was making during the chanting like he, like he doesn't acknowledge oh, it and it like won't speaking but like the faces he's making i was are... so dude he was so clearly yeah. pissed and i loved it, I loved it. <laughs> yeah look this up if you haven't seen it i think no, all I over watch. I dude it's so it. good i had to look my friend shout out my friend anna i don't think she ever listens to these but you know what she yeah, told me nice. about yeah she, <laughs> yeah she is she told me about it and i looked it up the funny thing is, she just said, "Hey, the the executive of Warner Brothers," and I was immediately like, "Oh yeah, Zaslav, f that guy." <laughs> <laughs> I oh, never, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think any of us have ever been this invested in the trajectory of a CEO's life as we are currently with him. Now, Zaslav. now, to be fair, unfortunately, what he did worked because uh, now HBO is profitable. So now you had Dis- Disney. Uh, duplicated what hbo did they, they're taking a bunch of content off disney plus and the, like originals like some of their shows and movies yeah. they made for disney plus which this tells me is this wasn't an hbo incident i think the streaming bubble has officially that was that was popping uh for anyone yeah. who doesn't know the streaming bubble yeah, ruben forgot that we are a, a audio only podcast and he made a, a hand motion yeah the, yeah, the streaming bubble uh, has popped like all this extravagant spending people were doing um, all it was like the dot-com bubble. It was basically, you know, Hey, spend money on this. It has the potential to make money. Like I, yeah. I like that's what they were doing to investors and like investors finally caught on. Hey, these things are never going to be profitable. Are they? <laughs> like, or they're not going to be as profitable as you've been telling us. Aren't yeah. are they? And they were like, no. <laughs> and then the, and the stock market uh, reacted accordingly to that. So I, Disney had a bad quarter. Paramount also, uh, I think some people are suggesting, like some economists are telling Paramount to shut down Paramount Plus because uh, oh, uh, you will always be four for fifth place. Like you guys are never going to win this. Their words. Damn. I should have looked Damn. up which economist said this, but that was a that was a thing. He's um, not wrong though. Not wrong. Nobody is. Nobody is is out here like, oh man, I only have eight dollars to my name right now. I need to pick one streaming service, and I, I just I know it's got to be Paramount. It's got to be Paramount. <laughs> what do they it. have? What do they have? Transformers, <laughs> Earthspark. Uh, I think that's like, it. They have, like, <laughs> they have like ten Star Trek series. Uh, their collection of old movies. I guess the Yellowstone Stone verse or whatever they call it. The Yellowstone verse. The Yellowstone verse. Yeah, like I uh, call it the conservative verse. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, man, I'm out here in these here national parks killing people because they don't look like me. <laughs> yeah, but like Disney's taking stuff off. Like uh, I think they're taking off Artemis Fowl. They're taking off like they were gonna take off the Howard Ashman documentary, but they stopped after they got backlash for that. Yeah, no shit. 
Because it was, yeah, it was almost Pride Month, too, and everyone's yeah, like, hey, what the shit? Like, what the shit, like, Hey, let's get rid of the guy who wrote some of the best music for us, but who died of AIDS, so we really just don't, you know, recognize him as a <laughs> The biggest thing they're taking off, uh, it was a show that came out six months ago. Uh, Willow was going to get taken mm-hmm. off uh, Disney+. Plus. I don't know if you guys heard about Weren't that. Were people pissed off that that wasn't getting a second season, and now they're just taking it off completely? Yeah, now now no one can watch it. Like, I, and wow. I, Who knows if Disney will sell it to a different streaming service, because that's maybe what they'll do. It, but it, at the know, same time, WB didn't do that with all their content, so yeah. basically uh, it's piracy to see this shit, or you don't see it, probably. because it's it's the, the Disney it's, Vault's back! It's the dogma effect. It's the dogma effect. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith so this, just telling everyone to just pirate pirate his movie because there's no other way to watch it. Yeah, because Weinstein owns it too. That's the thing. He doesn't want to uh, yeah. pay Weinstein. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't know how that works. How does Weinstein personally own that movie? Like, I, there's a bunch of movies that his production company made that he doesn't personally own, but he personally owns Dog. I, I think he just liked it so much that he was like, Kevin. Kevin, come over here, Kevin. And he pulled Kevin in close and he tapped him on the back. He's like, you made a great movie, Kevin. I really liked your movie. And then he reached into the fat folds. On the- <laughs> and he pulled out, he reached into his fat folds and pulled out a few Benjamins. And he was like, I'd like to personally buy your movie. <laughs> a few Benjamins, Jonathan. How, like, how cheap do you think movies are? <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit even like an indie like that yeah, sell for a couple million yeah, dollars but kevin smith was a weed addict so he was like i can buy at least <laughs> i can buy at least three pounds of this shit god god damn yeah it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually like an in, it's an insider fact that 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 weinstein uh uh, he, he carries money and his personal belongings in the fat in his fat folds. Like this is this wow. is a fact. Yeah. Uh, Ruben, this put an crazy. asterisk. I hear this is not technically uh, slander because <laughs> this is satire. <laughs> you realize we're not an uh, we're not a uh, video form, like you said, right? Yeah. Like yeah, how, how, how you put an asterisk? You just put a verbal asterisk. For, yeah, that's like, what I that's what I mean. Keeping my verbal asterisks. I guess. Can you do that, Ruben? Can you not edit something? Oh, I know you can. I know you can. Can you not tell bad jokes I have to edit out? Exactly. Could you not be censoring me? Censoring my work, my art? Your art? (laughs) Your art? What do you mean, bro? Man, that's art. That's like a kindergartner drawing on the walls with crayon, if that's art. It could be a Banksy for all you know. Okay. Uh, ever developed. Damn. <laughs> Damn, do you mean? All right, uh, last news story we'll talk about because it's hilarious. Uh, today, I think today or this week, some point this week, HBO Max will be no more. No. It will become Max. Maximus. They have paid someone millions of dollars to come up with that name change, probably. Dude, I just want to remind it's great. you. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 man has since, that man has since faked his own death. <laughs> and right up to the, uh, the here, you know what I mean? People like, you know, when they think of uh, HBO Max, they're gonna forget about that phrase because it's too long. Max, yeah, Max, M A X. And you know what I think of, I think of Goofy Goof, his son. I think of Goofy Goof's son. Huh? Maxima, Maximus Goof. Oh, Maximilian, Maximilian Goof. Oh. oh. 
<laughs> really? That's not the right. I, well, I could tell you about five. I could name like, but you know what? We're naming five other matches. Think of the Gladiator, Maximus. Maximus? Yeah, there yes. you go. Yeah. Max from Stranger Things. You got Max from the Goofy. That's Max. Goofy. He ran out of Max's tenure. No, no. no. Max, the little brother from Wizard of Waverly Place. And now I've run out of Max's because that one was reaching. <laughs> Oh, I know uh, this one. Uh, HBO. Ma- oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> also, just just another stupid decision on uh, David Zaslav's Wild Ride. Let's be real. Um, why why re- why take out HBO from your name? Like HBO is like a name brand that a lot of people know. Yeah. Like, or or stick Warner in there. You know, mm-hmm. or- Warner Max. Stick Warner some- Max. Why is it just Max? I don't it's know. so stupid. Such a, like, just what does that even mean? Like, you get the maximum content on here. Uh... It's like, what, a, dude, I can go on the Hulu <laughs> and watch anime. Can I do that on Max? <laughs> <laughs> hey, be careful. Hulu also started taking off content because oh, that was oh, Disney. Disney, Disney also, yeah, Disney also started taking stuff God off Hulu. Damn it. If they take Atlanta off of Hulu, I'm gonna go and kill Bob Iger. <laughs> Dang. Dang. No, 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 no threats. On no, no threats on no threats on pod. Oh come on. Okay, 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 okay. Let me let me make that more friendly. Yeah. If 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 Atlanta gets taken oh, off taking of Hulu, a lot of effort. I will find Bob Iger and I will tickle him. I will tickle him. No euphemisms for killing either. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the Veggie Tales uh, euphemism for killing. I'm taking him with a feather. Yeah, I remember. Ruben. You remember? You remember Veggie Tales Esther? They Dude, that was their euphemism that, for killing. That shit scared the crap out of me. Like whenever the hooded figure just ran, like because he would like bust the door down. That scared the, the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the Grim Reaper, but he had a feather. And there's like this organ sting that as a kid scared the shit out of me. Because there's like, it's a faceless being that just walks in and takes characters (laughs) out of the story and they're never seen again. That scared the shit out of me. And they're just laughing as they leave too. And they're just scared. They're tickled to death. Yeah, they're like, no, they're like screaming no, and then they start laughing. So it's like, it's like, it's like watching someone. It's like, I mean, shut up. It's like watching someone. It's like watching someone succumb to the Joker's gas. That's not that deep of a cuss. Everyone's no, seen everyone's Everybody's seen Man Ray. Oh, but look at this. Episode. Look at this. I just saw this. Uh Max features 35,000 hours of programming, more than double than what has been available on HBO Max. So I guess uh that was their, their play. Max content. Max content. Wow, that's correct. Yeah, that's because they stuck all the dumbass reality uh, discovery shows on there too. So there's probably like what twenty seasons of My Six Hundred Pound Life on there as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and, and like uh, I can finally catch up. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> you know what's great too? You know what's great? No, Joe. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. They finally adapted it for the IMAX screen, so we can finally see oh, the whole. Man. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's just kept, before, you, before you get a chance to finish that one, Awful. we are moving on. Oh, um, God. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, I'm making so sure now, I'm, I'm speed running to make sure that every group of people hates me. Like that's what this is like. You're not Mad Stone or Trey Parker. You're not charismatic <laughs> enough. Shut the frick up. Damn. Shut <sighs> up. Okay. Uh, now Shut we're gonna up. talk about. Now we're gonna talk about a couple of the new wide releases that come out lately. Uh, and since this summer is so packed, I am going to verbally say this on the pod to hold us to it. Our goal is going to be to record at least uh, one little short episode a week talking about a uh, short episode. Yeah, talking That's about be the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> one short episode a week talking about the new wide release. Look, we are all probably on the ADHD spectrum. Okay, you cannot blame us for for going on so many rabbit trails. All right. I think, I think Ruben is the most tamed. I think Ruben is the most stable. <laughs> I gotta try to keep. I gotta try to keep us on topic here. Because Jacob and I have scatterbrain all the time. All right, we're incapacitated. We're mentally handicapped. I'm just. I'm just watching you talk. Sometimes <laughs> you're the one like that's going all over the place, bro. Zigzags. Is... <laughs> that's how you avoid. That's how you avoid getting attacked, man. You yeah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, Ruben. Okay. Uh, so since uh, we haven't done a pod in a while, it'll be two wide releases today. Uh, we will first talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dress Three. Oh crap! Have we not talked about that on the no, pod we yet? We have not talked about that on the pod yet. Holy shit! Yeah. So that so uh, we're gonna do a quick spoiler-free uh, discussion on the front. Um, and then we'll, we'll jump into spoilers, and after that, uh, you can go into the time codes on this episode. Jump ahead, but uh, we have time codes. Yeah, how, why do you think it takes me so long to upload That's these crazy. I made time codes for these shows? Ruben, you're, oh, wow. thank God for our three listeners. Yeah. How much did they pay you? Two pennies? <laughs> they didn't pay you at all. Damn. Oh my Just God. Out of the kindness of his heart, everybody. The audience, you hear that? The kindness of his heart. He's not getting paid for this. And thanks to Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Let's go. Three new champions. Three new champions. Two new maps. Five new dungeons. The three new you bosses. Three new Guys, I would like to talk to you today about better health. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you guys today about Simbalta, who have so kindly uh, sponsored me as the face of depression. Uh, do I take Simbalta myself? No, I'm point. not Nobody stupid. talking about Simbalta anymore. Yeah, because who takes Simbalta when you have like Prozac and Zola? And <laughs> that's true, that's true. Armin Depression Zola, hurts. Is that what the other one's called? <laughs> Dolphin, do you remember what you used to say when that ad for Simbalta came out? Oh, yes. Depression, Depression hurts. Simbalta can put, put you and out of your was... misery. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I said uh, that, you I know what? I remember a smaller, you know squeakier Jonathan saying that. You know what? That's probably why, because of karmic justice, I now have such severe depression. <laughs> nah. Good lord. Yeah, I was like, oh, you want a joke? You want a joke? You want to laugh, huh? Uh, uh, sadness! <laughs> All right. Uh, so to get this like out of the way, I'm going to just say, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, for me, is the second best movie the MCU has ever produced, which is saying a lot. It's past No Way Home, which was on that spot for me. If you guys remember, I set that back on that pod when that came out. Uh, in yeah, December put a timestamp time for that pod right here. Right here. No. <laughs> timestamp this joke. No, I'm just... <laughs> God, Lord. 
Good lord. Um, okay. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, second best movie Marvel's produced, and it's for a variety of reasons. Because I think the main reason is because James Gunn um, is just so adept at writing uh, these characters at this point. Like he knows where they need to know. There's constant growth from movie one to movie three. The big complaint with Love and Thunder for me was that it felt like Thor was going through the same arc for like a third time. Um, that doesn't happen here. These characters are still growing from uh, where they were in the previous movie. Um, the music is great. The action is great. This is just my quick blur before we go into more detail. Um, but yeah, 100% worth seeing. Uh, this one's a uh, 10 out of 10. Second one of the year for me. Um, who wants to go next? What was the first one? John, John Wick. Wick right? Oh, John Wick. Okay. I will go. I will go. To yeah, just a short. quick... Just a I quick spoiler-free blurb. To keep blurb, it yeah. short and, and to make sure that Jacob also has stuff to talk about, you know, I thought it was a very bold direction for the franchise. I didn't think they would kill Chewbacca like that. Um, and then... <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. But all seriousness, <laughs> this is one of the best MC movies to come out just ever, like very easily. Uh, this is not just like a, a, like a spontaneous thing or like a, a, a like a miracle or whatnot. Like, you know, this didn't just come out of nowhere. This is built on a foundation of phenomenal storytelling, phenomenal acting, phenomenal, just like character building, all of that. Like that is, like this is a result of like hard work and, and dedication to, to a story and to a, a group of characters. And there's just, so much uh, Ruben Ruben didn't mention this, but he was the one who, who says it. Uh he was the one who, who said it when we walked out. Every single character in this movie has a has a chance to shine. Like, like everyone has a moment, everyone has an arc, everyone has like you know, it's just so well put together. Villain, the villain is phenomenal. Like, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Uh uh Chigwoody would oh no no no. Oh no, no, let me look at him. I don't want to I don't want to butcher it. The guy from Peacemaker, but uh, uh yeah, no, he was he was phenomenal. Like this movie is it, it, for me it, it, uh it's, Chuck Woody Iwuji. Chuck Woody Iwuji. Right. Yeah. Um but yeah, this movie is just it's it's a triumph of the MC, MCU. It's it's easily the best movie that has come out in the MCU since like Endgame or No Way Home. Um, and for me, it's honestly a really good exit point for the MCU for anyone who's just kind of done with it. Who, I mean, me personally, I kind of am, but like, yeah, go and watch this movie. It's easy nine, nine and a half out of ten. For me. <coughs> no, watch it on the biggest screen possible. Exactly. Unfortunately, uh, they can't do that anymore. Fast X took over those screens. Damn. Undeserving too. What? So I could see the sweat dripping from Vin Diesel's no, fevered brow. We're like he's driving down the dam. Oh Please tell we, me at least one person. Fast X will out. be a Fast X will be a full spoiler review when we're talking about yeah. it. I have to batch that movie anyway. Jacob, okay. you you go. Ruben, every oh, yeah, time you say Fast X, it sounds. Can you like let me same. speak? Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. <laughs> Damn, yeah. you made him snap. Okay, so this is the. Uh, Third installment of the Guardians, right? And uh, I think it's great because they let James Gunn do whatever he want, whatever he wanted. It's great. That's the reason why this movie is great, and that's the reason why it's a it's a good MCU movie. In the uh, what is this Phase Four or something? Five. Five. You see, I can't, I've lost count because I don't <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> I don't really well, yeah. care about the characters much. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, it's 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 um it's refreshing to see a movie this this well thought out and uh just uh well executed um all the action is great you know the visuals are awesome dialogue between characters is realistic thank god um <laughs> there's no like breaking uh character breaking plot by explaining the multiverse for like five <laughs> ten minutes you know for the fifth time i don't want to hear that anymore right thank we've god the multiverse the, is not even a part of a, a part we've of all movie. seen rick and morty all right we know how the multiverse exactly. works it's not exactly. a boring concept <laughs> but that's just that's just so annoying and i'm glad that wasn't a part of this movie this movie just felt like it stands on its own you know and um and I'm sure it's not it's it's probably gonna be the last one to really feel like that. Uh which is which is a little disappointing, you know, and sad for the MCU, but at least we got this in phase five. Um yeah, that's all I have to say. It's a it's a great movie. Go watch Four. it if you haven't. Uh Four. definitely give it like a nine, nine and a half. Yeah. Okay, and now we are going to go into uh more detail with spoilers so uh if you haven't watched it go watch it come back they killed him they killed him i can't believe they killed him bro three two one they killed no one you struck you effing idiot (laughs) (laughs) they killed me they killed me that's a lie they killed three people in this movie who who Wow, how soon we forget. Huh? Oh, Rocket. How friend. soon we forget. How okay. soon okay. we forget. Okay, uh, just to... I literally... Uh, I want to make this a whole section. So, like, I want to sing the praises. Jonathan, you did it in your little quick blurb. But Chuck Woody Wooji as the High Evolutionary is probably one of the best comic book villains I have ever seen. I am going to go that far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing, honestly. He did kill it. He, he did kill a lot it. of things. <laughs> no, just the... I don't know, like, that's a character that can very easily become hammy, over-the-top, not scary. And he, like, treaded that very fine line and was able to, like, pull it off in that sense. Yeah. Like, a lesser actor probably would have just uh, hammed it up too much. Um, the screaming works. I don't know why everyone's complaining about the screaming yeah. not working. For me, I feel like it's, it's set up very early on that this person is very much unstable like yeah. he's mm-hmm. it, it's like a, it's the it's the it's the vincent d'onofrio kingpin effect essentially yeah yeah where it's like there's this very thin veneer of like civility and sophistication that you know just um, as soon as it's put under stress it's just gone uh, for me i felt like I, I felt like ruben's right like this is something that's very easy to, to accidentally ham up and there are definitely points where it, he could have accidentally like cross the line but to me i don't think there's ever a moment where he's not threatening or he's not like uh like a force to be reckoned with like he's 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 just he's got this this, this untouchable demeanor about him like he just feels like nothing nothing can go wrong for him and that 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 in itself is frightening and that's why he's acting like this he's a he's a kid it's like a child playing in a sandbox you know and all the like he's like off the list you know what i mean yeah they're flashbacks but they're setting his character like where he is like in the uh the time frame of the of the movie you know what i mean yeah like sure like they're showing him in the past like with experimenting rocket but um but yeah 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 it's just all builds on each other and it's like his character's more complex and stuff like that it's impressive yeah 
No, yeah, there's also a natural progression for his character through the flashbacks. There's a natural progression for Rocket as you go through the flashbacks, but there's also a progression for his character. So that was also really well done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, J- James Gunn's writing for this movie in general, absolutely top tier. Like for a blockbuster, like absolutely insane what he did with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he didn't fall into the third movie trap. And a lot of people have said this, but the third movie trap of like, oh, someone has to die for there to be stakes. He somehow was able to build stakes and emotional stakes as well, uh, not just physical stakes. He was able to build stakes without actually like killing any of the characters yeah. like off willy nilly because that wasn't like necessary for the story. Yeah. yeah. Like, a great screenwriter is able to do that, and James Gunn pulled that off. Uh, the flashbacks, which I guess is what everyone's going to remember out of this movie forever. <laughs> uh, the flashbacks were horrifying. Um, you even have PETA like giving James Gunn props for the flashbacks, giving him like some award. I forgot what it was. Yeah, but, like, I mean it's ab- a PETA. It's a PETA award. It's it's worth as much as the two cents I give Jaime the screenwriting rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord but yeah i mean those flashbacks were heartbreaking to watch especially that last one um where rocket loses his friends my jaw was on the ground for dude that i couldn't believe what they were doing i we're gonna give props to actors real quick yeah bradley cooper across every every time he's played this character i have never thought one thought oh that's bradley cooper like every time I'm like, oh shit, that's Bradley Cooper. Like he 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 disappears into this role so easily. It doesn't even sound like him. Like and, and like the voice acting, like the amount of emotion he's able to convey through Justice. And I guess we also got to give Sean Gunn some. I was some gonna say Sean Gunn because he yeah. plays yeah. him on set and he gives the yeah. other actor something to work off of. Yeah, but like that well. duo right there. I'm, I'm reminded of this specifically because of that scene. That scream that Rocket lets out yeah. when Lila gets shot. I'm like, I, I was like, afterwards, I'm like, where do you have to go as an actor to like give such an authentic like yep. sound of pain? Because that I bought it completely. Yeah, it felt so real. And I was like, like seriously, like props to Bradley and Sean and Sean because Sean also voiced Rocket. For the first time, uh, he, he voiced a younger one. The, the, when he's young, so that the flashback that's at the chalkboard and goes oh, through when they're like, uh, when yeah. they're like experimenting on the turtle, that's all uh, Sean Gunn's voice. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then they no, also got no. a different actor to do the Rocket's first word, which Jesus, his first word was Kurtz. Ah! Oh my damn. God. Dude, I was. No, you told me you told me to, to that it was gonna be rough, and, and like just right away, I'm like, I think I can take it. And then they throw him in the cage, and he's like just shaking, and I'm just like, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> like immediately, I was like, I, like every time we went to the flashbacks, like my eyes were like welling up, like very, yeah. like it was just uh, somehow one of the most compelling characters ever put the screen on the MCU ended up being a CGI raccoon. It's so strange. It's so weird. I've never watched a movie that made me feel this way. So like in the sense where like I was like teary eyed or like on the verge of crying through like two thirds of this thing. But then I'd laugh like it's such a weird feeling. Like then then you're then you're laughing (laughs) Then you have Nathan Fillion who did a great job, by the way. Nathan Fillion uh, 
giving off like great, great one-liners and playing off Chris <laughs> yeah. Pratt really well. Yeah. Um, and then next scene, you're crying about Rocket talking about the yeah. forever beautiful sky. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is, I think, what I think that's my one of my favorite lines of the MCU that we'll all fly away together into the forever of beautiful sky. That's like mm, so good. Another great bar from this movie was from the high evolutionary, everyone's been using it. Oh my god, dude, that there is no god, that's why I stepped in. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is such a Old. Oh, you said that, and I was just like, "Oh shit, this man's crazy!" <laughs> like he, dude, it's like he has so little value for life. Like, like it's insane. He wipes out an entire effing planet, dude. Yeah. Like also no, like, batting an eye. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, eh, imperfect. Yeah, bro, that, that shit it. was dark. I couldn't believe they yeah, did that. Yeah, can you believe they put that in a you know? MC, the genocide. Died a planet, yeah. He genocide. Planicide, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Planticide is that? That's a genocide. It? He killed all those humanoid animal creatures. Oh yeah, there. that is that is specifically killing a race. Yeah, that is yeah. very much genocide. Yeah. My lord. Yeah. I mean, no, so it. many cool moments in this movie as well. I mean, you ha- you have the final heist of the Guardians of the Galaxy when they break into the Org- Orgo Corp. That was really yeah. cool. It was I nice seeing like that. that group of Ravagers again. Um, yeah. Sylvester yeah. Stallone's group of Ravagers. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about this. Uh, what do you guys think about what they did with Gamora and Peter in this movie? Uh, JQ, I'll tell I... you. <laughs> I really liked it. it. Uh, Dude, I don't know. There there were some moments in there that as someone who has recently, well, not even that recently, but someone who's gone through a heartbreak, I was just like, ah, like this movie really gets it. Like it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed that dynamic. And I love that they didn't get back together at the end. I love that because it, it, it positions both of them to grow as characters. It positions Peter to grow especially. And I love what they did with Peter. Peter Another great line in that screenplay. I bet, yes, we, fun, I yeah. bet we were fun. Dude, I swear from that moment until the end, I was like on the verge of tears. And then I started sobbing as soon as, dude, what? I'm not even going to lie to you. As soon as like Groot started dancing, I just immediately remembered the first movie where she was just yeah, I, also, I, 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 I was just like, I was just like, I'm dancing to Michael Jackson. Do you know the Jackson? <laughs> no, but uh, I really, really love what they did with Peter and Gamora in this movie. I love. No, I do too. Yeah. I love how I love how um, Gamora doesn't just stay like this hard-headed, violent person. Like she grows very similarly to the first version of herself. Like it's it's the same kind of like I understand. I get this. This is a family. This is important. But also she is a different person. So she has to go and do her own things. And I value that so much. That's that, what I love. That, like she yeah. grows in the same way, but it's a different person. So it's a different arc. Like she like appreciates the guardians and like what they are. But at the end of the day, she doesn't stick around. She already has her own family and they kind of reveal that more at the end, but they imply it throughout the movie. But the ravagers are literally her family. Yeah. Like, and, 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 then and, you have that final shot at the end with her like reuniting and you're like, Oh, she does have her own family. That's, that's, sweet you know? yeah she has her family and and these people have their family and the thing is she can't exactly join this because there is already like this preconception of what she's supposed to be exactly. and i think that's that's what upsets her so much too and that, that she's like i i'm sick of you trying to make me something that i'm not just because you need like this to support or whatnot like i like why do i have to do that like why do i have to do that for you like why yeah. 
Oh yeah, the line I, that other line that's also great. What what is broken inside of you that I need to be something for you or something yeah. like yeah. that? That yeah. is such Yo. a good line. There are so many great moments in this movie. I thought, like, I have when we're talking complaints, I have very few complaints about this movie. Like, man, it's I think it's Marvel's best script. I mean, Infinity War is a close second, but it's I, this script is just so goddamn good. This. I I just think like I, I can see why Marvel considered filming this script without James Gunn. I'm glad they I'm glad they didn't, but they knew they had something here. This was such yeah, a good screenplay. This is something. This was something that was very special. Yeah, and that yeah. you know it 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 definitely it definitely required like this level of attention. Also, required, I think it required James Gunn. Like he hundred percent like No, magic. this would not have like, Yeah, he's like the magic that makes this work. For me, I feel like the only, if I were to name a few complaints, I'd say the only thing like, yeah, go when, for it it. when it comes to the flashbacks, and this is like, this is a nitpick. Like, sometimes, like, there are just moments where I'm like, oh, that could have worked maybe a little better if it came just, like, a bit earlier, like, before. The, like, literally just a scene switch. Like, that's it. Like, that's how nitpicky it is when, I, when I'm talking about that. Like, I can barely even complain about that. The other one that I'd say is is, you know, uh, James kind of wrote himself into a corner with Adam Warlock. It's like, oh, I need to include this character in here. And I really, honestly, because I'm not a big, I, I wasn't, I'm not a big Warlock fan. Like, you know, yeah. I, 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 what, like, I'm not a big, I wasn't, <clears throat> by saying that, I mean, I didn't know a lot about him in the comics. So yeah. he worked yeah. in the movie. But for people who really love Adam Warlock, this is a very different Adam Warlock. He works in the movie. On, he does feel a little tacked on at times, but I, I feel like overall, like, you know, fine. I really like Will Poulter. I mean, that's, he basically that's his role in the screenplay is basically to incite the action. Yeah. And I guess you could have done that with a different character, any different character. But yeah. I think Will Poulter plays him really well. I really like, that... like Will. Will Poulter plays this really like a really good mix of kind of like of kind of like like slightly menacing, but also really like doughy eye, doughy eyed and childlike. You know what I mean? Like he, he no, has the, the, really good... yeah. The best mm-hmm. moments, like when he like Gamora's threatening to kill his little pet, he's like, "Don't be rash." I mean, yeah, I love that part. After he flown right through the freaking screen, <laughs> he's like, "Ah, it's like, I'll kill him." Don't be rash. My <laughs> God, <laughs> 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 my other favorite moment of his, other than that one, was when uh, Aisha was like, "Show him that we mean business," and he just straight up murders the dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> incinerates him and she's just, just like you idiot what the like what are we, how <laughs> like what are we supposed to do now it's like we can ask the dog it's like the dog isn't gonna tell us anything <laughs> no i think i would say i think the like the sovereign for what they were in the movie they work but they definitely do feel like like they were just like okay like james like okay we have to have him in so we're gonna put him in i think it Um, retroactively makes their role in volume two a little better at least for me in the sense where like they have a through line like aisha has a through line i guess i think it makes i think it it, it makes that that situation having them be made yeah having them be made by the high evolutionary was also a good choice i feel because yep. it, yeah. it kind of how those people were acting was kind of a little uh strange and now it kind of makes sense that they were like experiments by the high level yeah. evolutionary when you go back and yeah. watch some of the shit they're doing in that movie and also the way that they describe how they're created like it's like oh yeah we're like very specifically chosen and bred for this purpose and it's like yeah that's very 
is very much like a philosophy that the high evolutionary would prescribe to like the high evolutionary is the perfect final boss for these people for the guardians of the galaxy i mean by these people because the guardians of the galaxy are, are about like taking what broke you and not letting it define you and letting like letting it actually be a source of strength as yeah. you move forward and the high evolutionary is like the opposite he's about nah nah if you're broken now nah, get the shit out of here you have to be perfect to be able to actually thrive which yeah, yeah. no i didn't even good. think about that that is like, yeah that is true. that is perfect that is absolutely perfect yeah it's the perfect final boss for at least this iteration of the guardians yeah. of the galaxy and how james gunn yeah. wrote him yeah, yeah, yeah james gunn has a, a very good knack for writing found family one and then two i i James, I hope your relationship with your father is good because I am starting yeah, to Jesus. get concerned. <laughs> every every project of his that I've seen has had like that father figure that is horrendous. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean like ego or or Thanos slash Ronin in the first one. You got the high evolutionary here. You have White Dragon and Peacemaker. It's like James, are you are you doing all right? <laughs> you had Idris's El- you had Idris Elbus's father. Uh, oh yeah, he was a the shooter. Suicide Squad. <laughs> With the rats as well. At least, at least that one was trying, though. You know. Yeah. Although you did have Ratcatcher and her dad, and that was more yeah. of a. It ended tragically, but that was a nice yeah. relationship. Yeah. But he, yeah, James Gunn in comic book properties. I feel like, like who else would you put? Chris Nolan maybe with the Batman movies. Like who's better yeah. or at on equal level with James Gunn in writing these? And if we, these? I'd say we need to give it a few more movies, but I think we might be able to put Matt Reeves up there. Uh, uh, if you yeah. see, like Matt Reeves could be up there. Yeah, I think he could be up there. But you know, James just has this understanding that uh, I, I don't know. He has he's very much like like Taika in this way, but also. He, he, he didn't fall into the same pitfall that Taika fell into with Thor, Love, and Thunder because he, he generally cares for these characters, which is, like, mixing yeah. this... Mi- mixing the comic, like, goofiness and, like, and like really outlandish stuff with grounded emotion and, and character growth. Like, that is... Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, it, it, like, it's something that Ruben and I and Jacob, we all walked out of this movie just basically super confident that superman legacy was in great hands mm-hmm. superman is going to be great like uh, like I, yeah he, he understood like his understanding of like of like just the warmth that that certain character should give you like the the like not you don't have to walk out of a movie like just devastated like it's okay to walk mm-hmm. out and feel triumphant and he has that kind of view of it so i know he's going to be the perfect fit for a superman movie as long as he doesn't go too goofy yeah, but okay, I, I I do have confidence in him because this movie I think I think out of all the Guardians this one had I think and people talk about tonal whiplash but I think it had the, this one felt like it had the best balance of like moments of like gravity and then moments of like hilarity. It's he's I I told I think Jacob or you after yeah. the movie he's no I also told James our friend who was on this podcast yeah he's he's been on this podcast yeah um I this James Gunn's really grown as a filmmaker if you're just watching his comic book so starting from the first Guardians until here Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three yeah. he has really grown as a filmmaker some of the shots in this thing are gorgeous and I don't think he would have been able to pull it off in that first how, movie how the hell have we not mentioned the no sleep till Brooklyn scene <laughs> yeah Jesus I didn't, didn't you like mention it no I haven't no no no, no. no. Jacob you wanna I, I'm gonna throw it to you Jacob no but I do agree with that but, but speaking of shots oh, like shots. Jacob shots. Like, no sleep come on no no sleep till Brooklyn but there's also yeah. a shot where them jumping off the the ship with the colored suits and stuff like oh that, that the oh, one yeah. set on the marketing on that the one's market. also really great beautiful yeah. 
Everyone's it's the a, music, it matches up perfectly. You know what I mean? I hate like, how. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm gonna keep. Oh, no like, sleep till Brooklyn. Like that scene no, was great. I, well. I hate how everyone was like Among Us with that scene. Though. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> no, but like, I think what was Ruben say? Like they never got like the the walk in totally prop. Like no, that was, that was a post that you sent through. Like yeah, a, someone yeah. online. Someone said, online sent that. Pointing yeah. to the, like they never got the walk in. Um, the badass two movies yeah. in the first two movies, like perfectly right until this this time, you know, at the very end, um, it was Rocket leading them. So I guess that kind of also like foreshadows him leading the group. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah. like he's just like, I, I'm gonna, I got, I'm tired of running, right? And so like he walks in, and then everybody else, you know, follows suit, and that's is it's just great because like they have this like this unspoken communication, right? Like they 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 will they're willing to sacrifice themselves for each other. Like, it's kind of just like they're a team hundred percent. You know what I mean? They walk in as a team. And if one person decides to do like to walk in, they will walk in with them. And so that entire scene is just like them. It's just clicking on all levels. You know what I mean? Like uh, every, every one of their strengths is like shown kind of like uh, through like the, through I don't know the combat and stuff like that. I mean, it's not just Groot and Rocket just like fighting anymore, like separately. And then Chris Pratt, you know, you know, Star Lord doing his own his own thing. They're kind of working together. They're throwing the the enemies at each other and stuff, and they're defeating them one by one. So it's just kind of like interesting. It's very cool to see like how they work together. You know, I'm pretty sure it was like a shot where like. I, I think it was Drax who threw like an like enemy at like Groot's arm or something like that. It might have been. It I think been, it was Mantis. It might have been Mantis or something. Yeah. I can't remember. But like, it's just like it's just cool to see like how they're just clicking. Um, they're on like the same wavelength. It's, it's insane. It's just awesome to see that, and it's like kind of like um the end of the arc. Obviously, it's like it kind of completes it. You know, the sheer choreography required for that. <laughs> Uh, for that sequence, I that just seems like a nightmare. Yeah. Oh my god. That god. was man. It's so some good. of the camera moves they're doing. I don't even know. Like yeah. the back up and down the hallway. Yeah. Like you, you, you yeah, know, it's not a one shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. They made there, it look like one shot. Yeah. It's not a true one that. shot. It's yeah, honestly, it wasn't one shot. There was no way. There was a there were a few yeah. moments in there where where where. Uh, Kind of similar to like other one shot fight scenes, like if we're talking like you know Kingsman or like um, Daredevil, Daredevil. Yeah, there there are moments where you're like oh they're they, like oh they snuck in a little like a little cut right there or whatnot. Like that I did not even notice. I, I there was that's one, probably because I, I was so into it. Yeah, I think there was this one before. moment. I, I need a dude talking about this movie again makes me want to watch it again. Like legitimately, I know that's what I was feeling when like but the I, really yeah. great part about that fight scene. I didn't even think about it, but like they kind of like. They panned, you know. What I mean, like yeah, they start with Groot yeah. and Rocky, you know, and then after that they move to like Star Lord, and then it's like Drax, Mantis, yeah, and then it's Gamora, like fighting that monster and like slashing and stuff like that, like the tentacled beast or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But like, it's just like I love. I was just moving through the Guardians characters one by one, and you know, like kind of like showing, like it fo- first it focuses on like Groot and. Uh, Rocket and Groot. Sorry, I gotta get yeah, 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 combine yeah. the names. But like Rocket, Rocket. But like it kind of like shows every relationship, you know, and like even um, 
like I mean the main relationships between like the the members the group members I mean it was obviously like Rocket and Groot and then like Mantis and and uh Drax but like it's kind of just cool like it's kind of like I don't know it's like all of it is kind of like culminating into this one scene you know yeah of them just yeah it's it is I think yeah it's like the peak of, of Guardians like this is the culmination of like the, this 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 team like they're they're fully a family. They're fully functional as a team. Which is their third act as a team, basically. Yeah, and which is it, why like, the entire movie the third act. Yeah, which is why to me, like the 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 final confrontation with the high evolutionary is not as upsetting as it is for most people. Because most people are like, oh, people like, are upset. No, yeah, there was people because people said they 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 ran him too quickly. But for me, I'm like that is catharsis at this point. Seeing that dude get his shit kicked in. And like, and it it wouldn't it didn't do the cliche comic book movie thing, you know, where yeah. like you're just like this long ass final battle with the final boss. Yeah, and, and also James is actually only only did that once in these three movies, quite honestly. Ego, right? Yeah, he yeah, ego, yeah, ego, yeah, because the other one was a dance off in the first movie. Yeah, well, because in the second movie it makes sense because it's a whole effing planet. Uh, but no, this <laughs> one for me makes complete sense. I don't care how how overpowered you are if you have a team that's that's like functioning at, 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 at as high of a level as these guys, and there's like eight of them. You are you're not you're not getting a hit in. I'm sorry, you're not. You're getting. And Rocket already disabled his suit, so like yeah, that was yeah yeah. Oh god, that dude. Him finding out, like him, like seeing the baby raccoons and accepting finally what he was, dude. Who thought that the, 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 the that line should not work? That lion should not hit as much as it does. The name's Rocket Rocket. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon. It's just like, ah! It's like, ugh. Dude, it's, this is just masterfully, like, we could, we could talk about this movie for hours. Like, we could still not get to every little thing that we really loved. Because, I mean, we barely even talked talked upon like Drax or Mantis or Nebula, all of which are really good. Let's talk, just just to quickly like touch on all of them, let's talk about the ending and like how like they leave off all the Guardians. For me, I've I've seen some people like say, oh, blah, blah, blah. I felt kind of forced in some ways. Not not that many people. But to me, I feel like it's the perfect end of the arc for all those characters. Like James Gunn knew exactly like what he was doing with all those characters. They all end up where they need to end up. Yeah. Like Nebula and Drax end up kind of like finding this new family after losing everything and kind yeah. of getting established with that. Peter has finally stopped, like, because Rocket stopped running from his past, he's decided I can't stop. I have to stop running from like my past as well. I have to go back. Mantis is kind of like, I've been following every, like, I've been following orders this entire time and I really yeah. just need to decide who I am for myself. And like, obviously, Rocket having this be his family obviously he wants to keep it together and he obviously would stay and like lead a new group or whatnot but like i feel like everyone and it's such a satisfying ending for all of those characters yeah and it still makes you cry just because you're just it's just sad to see it go you know it's sad to see something that you've you've grown up with for almost the better part of a decade like break up like that but it's also just like oh yeah. yeah, those actors will never all be together on screen again. So, yeah. like, some of the characters might show up, but like, I know uh, Zoe Saldana and Dave Batista said they're both done. So, we shall yeah. see who else comes back. 
But uh, how ironic ending... that the two people with the most makeup requirement are like, yeah, no, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lie. Karen might still come back. I think Nebula really, I think she really enjoys playing Nebula. Nebula's such a great character. Nebula is another one of the best characters in the MCU. Her arc from first Guardians to now, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my God. Mind blowing. I love, I love that character so much. I really. And her arc like continues all the way through, like, in those Avengers movies, her arc was actually done really well as well. Do you, I think, yeah, no, she... Her and Endgame, like... Karen has, Karen has had the pleasure of carrying out, the, I think, one of the characters with the best arcs in the MCU, again. Which is how she was, like, when Matt Smith asked her, hey, uh, they offered, Marvel offered me Morbius, uh, should I work with Marvel? She called Karen Gillan, and Karen Gillan was like, yeah, it's great to work with Marvel. And that's how we ended up with uh, Matt Smith dancing in front of a mirror. Oh, poor Matt didn't know that it wasn't in the MCU. He didn't know it wasn't in the MCU. Yeah, he didn't. uh, And she had worked with James Gunn, too, was the other part. So, like, she had, like, the ultimate experience. So she has a very (laughs) different experience of Marvel than most people do. Because James, like, James Gunn, I think, his movies are the ones that have the most individualistic personalities out of those mcu movies 100 you know? like everything else feels like a product like legitimately and J- like james's movies really have a soul to them that i mean i'm not saying that M- the mcu is lacking of it because there's a lot of soul in a lot of yeah, there's a lot movies. of soul yeah but Spider Man was great yeah john but key there's also overabundance yeah. of it in, 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 in a james in, gunn work in, yeah in a james gunn in a james gunn movie but yeah like Oh my god! And then Bautista is Drax. Like I really like, and Ruben talked about this when we were talking about Drax. How he addresses kind of like the overcomedic nature of the character in the second movie, and he doesn't shy away from it. But he also kind of like gives him a, a, a more down to earth emotional side again as as well. Like yeah, he has yeah. a lot of great moments in the movie too. Like no, he ended up in the perfect place. Uh, Jacob, your thoughts on the ending of the movie? Like, in general, whatever you want to talk about. Um, So, like, I kind of agreed with that one person where it did kind of feel, like, forced a, a bit. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, yeah? Really? There was, there was, I don't know. Maybe I just wa- I wanted that, I wanted him to feed into that trope where, like, one person, like, like died, I guess. I don't know why, but, like, the first time I, I came out, like, of the movie, I was, like, a little... I was just thinking about the ending. And I was just like, I'm not sure if I'm like necessarily like the the, the most uh, like happy with this decision. But um, anyway, I I think like the second time I watched it, I did I did enjoy like the decision a little bit more, and I did like understand like, oh yeah, it d- totally works for like these characters, especially like with the arc that, that that they've gone through like from the first two movies. I feel like it totally is like a James Gunn ending. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say in a bad way. I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but like, it just really feels like it does fit in with the universe. Uh, these characters are like set in, and like, um, it does. It, it's just like it really, it really just wraps it up in the best way possible for the characters. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he didn't like feed into that trope, even though I did want that walking in. You know what I mean? Of um, like having one or two of the characters die. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought, uh, I went to watch the movie with a friend, so he, he he and I thought the same thing. Like that the scene where 
Chris Pratt's character, Star Lord, like gets like basically trapped in space. Oh, like almost should dies. Have, should have been the scene where he actually just died oh. instead of him having like having him like get saved by Adam Warlock. But of course, like I mean, in the back of my mind, I was like, "Where's Adam Warlock? He's gonna show up and he's gonna save him." And you know, like I, I knew yeah. that was gonna happen because like they they already introduced this character earlier on in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, I just think it would have been cool to like he he mentioned my friend did like. Uh, Chris Pratt kind of just like throwing the like his like what is it the the player or whatever like at rocket basically like as a sim- like symbolism for like passing the torch kind of thing and that could have worked kind of I think I feel like it's one of those movies where it's like you know already what? so goddamn heartbreaking that I don't yeah. think you needed anything else so like, that's the truth yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there flashbacks, is, it does work yeah. there's already so many things plucking at your heartstrings like I, I remember I, like- I my heart dropped when like when like I I saw it like stuck in space because I'm like oh my god he's that's it he's dead I I, I legitimately thought he was dead uh, oh god I, I don't it's know. one of those Maybe movies where I feel like, like the happy out. ending is earned because of how cathartic it is it's like the one time I've seen like a dance sequence at the end of a movie oh, <laughs> actually work yeah that uh, is the, the dog days are time. over as well best needle drop in the movie for me is dog days are over and people are complaining oh it's a song from 2008 and i'm like that's yeah, the point that's <laughs> the point it's kind of to symbolize hey we're going into the next they're going into the next era of their lives yeah or the team's going into its next iteration which is the rocket led guardians of the galaxy now yeah chat out florence and the machine yeah, such a great. That movie. is such a. I've been listening to that song nonstop. Honestly. Great final shot as well with Rocket. Like, I out. love how the final shot of the second movie is Rocket like crying, and the final shot of the third movie is him like just like screaming in, ju- in jubilation. Like, I love yeah. that last moment where they're all like shouting in joy. I was I was getting teary eyed. I'm telling, I cried during that that final month. Like, and that then, final yeah, dancing. Drax dancing as well. God oh my god! Ah, shut up! Shut up! <laughs> so anyway, go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I think I like at least Jonathan's gonna see it again after yeah. uh, talking about it on this. Hold the movie theater attendant at gunpoint and demand them to put it back on the big screen, <laughs> on the biggest screen possible. Yeah, you already know what it is. Episode went long again, split into a second part. Uh, next episode will be our review of Fast X and that will be releasing in a few days till then peace